All right, what's up, everybody? And welcome to a very special Gaming History 101 um, series of specials. This is going to be day one on our retrospective on 2018. And we're going to have a panel of guests on each of these days. And so just to kick it right off before I get into what this is all about, I'd like to introduce my uh, host slash guests. Um, well, first one is not a guest. He has always been uh, my faithful companion in crime on retro fronts, which is Mr. Jamalias. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good. Looking forward to this panel of the ages. Heck yeah. Plus, it's great to be back with you, man. I know. It is. Busy. We've been, we've been lifing. <laughs> lifing it. it up. But yeah, so uh, also joining us um, from Everyday Gamers is uh, AZ Rockslide, a.k.a. Eric. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. It's always good to be back on the show. And yeah, sorry. I didn't I know exactly how to intro you. <laughs> that's fine. I'm trying to remember. Is this the first time Jam and I have actually both been on the same show? That's, I don't know, actually. That's entirely I, I could have sworn we've chatted before, but I could be wrong. I could have sworn we have, too, but I could be wrong on Probably that. Probably E3 stuff, I'm guessing. Could yeah, be. that sounds about right. I think we, we chat at E3. Yeah, we kind of collabo. I've got the, the bat phone nearby with certain individuals, and uh, Eric definitely qualifies. So, well, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, and last but definitely not least, I just wanted to split the Europeans up, uh, is Andy from 42 Level 1 and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, which I'm fairly certain is still rocking episodes. Welcome, Andy. Yes, we, we are still rocking episodes, um, the, even the show's on break. But yes, thank you for having me again. Um, this definitely reminds me of E3 time. Mm. Right? When, when Fred yeah. hits you up and goes, do you want to do all these podcasts? Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to take a week off, and I'm just curious if you're free. Um, so, and, and, you know, I think I'll still keep doing that even if I don't podcast. I'll just end up sadly talking to myself, my dog, or the mirror. <laughs> but as some of you heard pre-show, uh, as all of you heard pre-show, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I can, I can amuse myself talking to my dog for quite some time. So, <laughs> um, but thank you all for joining me. Uh, so, yeah, right now we are in... Uh, you know, the threshold of uh, the holidays. Maybe some of you don't celebrate the holidays or you celebrate different holidays that have either already passed or are in the process of passing. Um, but either way, the end of the year marks, um, you know, lots of things. And, and one of those things is that all the gaming sites like to get together and start ranking everything they played. And it's really kind of laughable uh, to me because the the way game sites rank this stuff, the only one who does it quote unquote correctly in my opinion is Giant Bomb because they just admit to their arbitrariness and really don't seem to care. And it's just like a freeform discussion about the games. Um, but even that gets real convoluted and bogged down sometimes. Um, that being said, uh, I, I don't know why. I think it's because games have always been this way. There's like a competitive nature to like... We have to sit here and, and dissect, even if we liked... I'll just take two games that didn't come out this year. Let's say we liked Skyrim and we liked Dragon Age Inquisition, but now you and I have to sit in a room and nitpick for 45 minutes over technically which one ekes out just slightly higher if we liked them both. And I've always found it a little um, foolish, for lack of a better term, and, and definitely exhausting. Um, there's nothing wrong with Game of the Year, uh, but I think the the long-winded debates uh, leave something to be addressed. So I said, why don't we do a year in review where we just freeform talk about stuff and then, uh, you know, whatever we feel are our favorite or least favorite games of the year will definitely come out in the discussions, I feel. So, um, so I thank this panel for joining us. 
And you probably already know based off of the description of the show, but for day one, which will be coming out, it'll be the 26th of December. So those of you who celebrate Christmas, this will be the day after the return to work for a lot of us. Um, so, Boxing uh, day. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, you guys have Boxing Day. Is that a, is that a holiday? Do you guys mostly get off work in most fields? Or? <laughs> um, I, I'm off this year, but uh, I've, I've worked the last, I think, seven or eight Boxing Days. And uh, yeah, it's just kind Me too. So I take that as an I was I was going to say if you work retail you definitely don't get boxing day off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or if you work in healthcare or healthcare, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh but yeah, so on boxing day, um which is the only holiday I really know of that that falls on the 26th and um America's starting to embrace boxing day, especially Amazon for its sales. Um so yeah, for for that that'll be the first day this is coming out and for day 1 I don't think anybody's going to fight me on this. Even the people who, and many of you are in this panel who really appreciate Microsoft. Um, there's no doubt they need to kind of intro this because I would say whether they like it or not, they come out third. Um, they kind of entered third and they're going to come out third. And I don't mean in really like a business ranking. I would say it's like top of mind or necessity of the, of the company. Um, but there might be some reasons for that, and a lot of those reasons I feel come from Microsoft themselves. And I, I'm I'm curious to hear everyone's thoughts. Yeah, but we are going to. Well, I, I would. I think most of us would agree that a lot of those come from decisions and things that Microsoft did themselves previous to this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, if you had asked me uh, when these consoles came out, I believe in 2013 was the late release mm -hmm. of both of the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. If you had asked me then um, that were they to just basically trash the entire executive Xbox console that uh, begat the uh, development and launch of the Xbox One and then give Phil Spencer three years to do whatever he wants and grow lots of... Um, uh, positivity from the game community only to have um, <laughs> only to have uh, them still trailing behind I, I almost wouldn't have believed you um, but that very much seems to be the case um, so real quick before we do any more we have had Chase join us now Chase I think you're default muted but you should be able to unmute yourself because I have given you uh, mod access there you are hello Hello. Hello. So our final entry, uh, you're not coming in all that late. We've been talking for a whopping six minutes. Um, so let me introduce you. But from Scarcasm Live is Chase, a.k.a. the other Chase. <laughs> yes, and I'm the other Chase in this Discord. So yes. that's who I'll be forever known as. <laughs> yeah 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 maybe uh yeah you 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 owned it though you were like i'm gonna be the other chase and now we all have it figured out so there's that you know, even though i've been a part of this community longer that's true sick bird <laughs> uh yeah we uh <laughs> so well thank you for joining us so just to get everyone caught up without having to uh reiterate a bunch of stuff for the listeners um so we're jumping into microsoft and we're kind of talking about where they they kind of enter into 2018 and so um, real quick, and then I kind of want to go around the table and make sure everybody's on the same page or gets in uh, their opinions. But I think we entered into 2018 in kind of a rough spot. Uh, we know Microsoft has some exclusives coming, and uh, you know, thankfully, uh, a majority of those came out. Crackdown 3 sits there as the uh, little 
black spot that keeps you know naping at their neck trying to come out um but uh, beyond that uh they do get their exclusives out but there are arguments to be made that this is kind of a downtime for exclusives their powerhouse franchises such as halo and gears are uh, not ready for prime time yet um so they do have that um but they do have you know kind of some some strength on the horizon, right? Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Funny you use that word, right? <laughs> <laughs> Considering that there's their the hands down their strongest exclusive yeah. this year was Forza Horizon Four. I would yes, I would definitely agree with that. And just so people know, we're gonna do this semi structured. This is gonna really be bouncing off conversations. Um, well, one of Sony's strongest exclusives was. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, so maybe they're like the same thing. They just need to work together. <laughs> right. Every, in fact, um, new trend for 2019, I'm calling it right now, just put Horizon in the name of your of your game. I cannot I cannot, I, I, for the life of me, wait to play Gears of Horizon. Um, but, uh, <laughs> or Horizons of War. Right, right. Uh-huh. I Tell me how you can weave Halo Horizon. Wait, tell me that the new Halo game is not Halo Horizons. That's not what it is, is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's Halo no, Forever it's or something. Okay. Or Infinite, that's right. Infinite, that's right. Okay, just making sure. Um, Infinite's another good buzzword, though. Uh, but, uh, but yes, yes, definitely. Um, I don't know. Well, so you guys, Judge, you want me to continue the round robin thing, or do we want to just delve right into uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and what that's meant? Um, I'll kind of take your lead. Do I derail by just stopping the momentum for Horizon? I think <laughs> I'm I might just trying have. to figure out where Horizon Zero Dawn has entered into this. I mean, yes, it was one comment, and then all of a sudden it's become like the dominating force here. Oh, I'm just um, a little desperate at the bar and trying to piggyback whatever man wants to talk to me. Um, so uh, moving with that, I'll just continue <laughs> forward. Um, so yeah, so correct. They they people weren't quite sure what to expect. And I, it should also be noted that this is coming off of some cancellations that didn't make people happy. I don't know about the rest of you. Anyone Scale chime bound. in? Scalebound was a big one. Um, I know people had negative things to say about it that saw it pre-game. And I trust Phil Spencer when he says it just wasn't ready for prime time. But at the same time, there's just something that just says, you know, just adjust for it. Make it part I of Game Pass. Say, Make it free. I don't know. I will say this. I know Platinum is held in very high regard for a lot of people with by a lot of people and for good reason. But Platinum is a hit and miss company. I have played Legend of Card. (laughs) They're misses. Oh, my word. That I never thought uh, I like the NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles game. The first one, that one with the underwater bombs that no one likes. I never thought they would convince me to not like a Ninja Turtles game. And I just don't like mutants in Manhattan at all. I, I'm i guessing none of you uh, played it because people warn you not to play a game and you just listen. But, like, I bought it and woof. Yep. I, well, I even know people. Now, I know some people who actually really enjoyed it. But I know several people who were not impressed with Transformers Devastation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I dug it because mm. it was very Bayonetta-esque. But, uh mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I can totally see it's it's not Bayonetta quality. I'll say that um, it's uh, it's the B team, or it sure feels like it mm-hmm. at least. So I don't know. What about the rest of you, um, Andy, Jam, Chase? Uh, anybody bummed with Scalebound? Anybody think it was a good idea that they you know canceled it and continued for it to be canceled? Uh, I don't know. 
I was bummed. I, I, was, I was looking forward to it, actually. It looked, it just looked crazy batshit out there, something a bit different, which is something that, especially with the AAA industry, we're not seeing a lot of wild ideas anymore. At the moment, everything's quite sort of by the books, it seems. But yeah, I mean, mm. I, like you said earlier, I get that it probably was glitchy, but I'm wondering if they may be thinking now that Game Pass is popular, you know, maybe they should have just risked it anyway. Take that old body out of the trunk and put it up on display, right? Yeah. Well, especially with the whole culture of, you know, fixing crap when it's released anyway. Not that I agree. I don't agree with that, but that's what people are doing, aren't they? <laughs> Very much so, as we'll definitely get into in, in these uh, either today's or, or many other days discussions. Um <clears throat> Anyway, uh, anybody else got anything about Scalebound before we uh, kind of jump forward? <clears throat> no. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the, so the cancellation with Scalebound, the problems with Crackdown Three, it kind of doesn't bode well. And I don't. I, I while I know that some people were psyched for Forza Horizon Four, and I think it's definitely impressed more so than people were expecting, and to a certain extent, State of Decay Two and things like that. Um, and Sea of Thieves, for those of you rare fans out there, so the two Europeans. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Well, no, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue this. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you play Sea of Thieves now, uh-huh. it is a fantastic game. Really? They have they <laughs> have added a ton of content to that game, and all of it free. Yeah, uh, that's you, true. There is there was a quote from one of the guys from Rare, basically without really throwing Microsoft under the bus, kind of saying that, yeah, we were really told we need to get out. And Microsoft was hurting for exclusives. So I think it was kind of a, we know you're not ready, but we need something out there now. Get it out there and we'll let you continue to work on it. And a couple of weeks ago, I got to get in and, you know, fought a couple of skeleton ships and dealt with the Kraken. And they've added so much to it that it feels much more like a fleshed out game. Well, that's really good to hear. Um, and uh, well, yeah, actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to bunny trail this for a second. So, um, well, no, okay, I'll just wrap up because we're we're basically at the end. So that's how that's how they enter into 2018. Um, the the promising nature that comes out is uh, backward compatibility stronger than it's ever been, and we were right on the the forefront. I think it was late last year. The original Xbox games came out, and I personally have been absolutely blown away with um, both the original Xbox enhancements and the X-enhanced stuff. These things are taking on um, modern PC builds, and they they don't have the problem that PC does have, which is you might be able to run Final Fantasy 13 at 4K on PC, and it might look good. But you're going to have to do an awful lot of digging, forum searching, patching, modding, and praying to get that to work the way you want it to. Um, You just stick the disc into the Xbox One and you're good to go. So um, there's something to be said. It's kind of like playing a game off good old games. Microsoft does all the work to make sure it works properly for their platform. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that's going to become important as time goes on and we start to see legacies continue because. We sure are going to be hurting for brand new content soon. Um, but uh, but in addition, um, you know, I also think that Game Pass. Now, I'm trying to remember. Game Pass launched this summer, right? Uh, it launched right, right around the same time Sea of Thieves did. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. So in the spring of 2018. So Game Pass is coming. No. We know it's coming, Game, but it's not out Game yet. Pass was, Game Pass was last year. Um, oh, it was last so year? It, yeah, it started okay. last year, but they announced at the start of this year that um, that they would be putting the first party titles into 
into that's day one right. things like Sea of Thieves and that, which is when everybody sat up and took that's notice of. Yeah, that, that's when, yeah. when they first announced Game Pass, everybody kind of went, uh, whatever. And then when they said, hey, all yeah. of our first party stuff is going to be playable on Game Pass, people went, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I can confirm that if you have a PC, I know they're doing a PC version of Game Pass soon, which isn't out yet, so it's really not relevant to today's discussion. But um, if you have Game Pass and it is a... Uh, cross-platform game you can play it like i i can install uh below right now on pc yeah as a game pass i play sea of thieves and forza horizon 4 on pc there you go so um so game pass has uh, you know some uh some temptations uh something you know and again as, as andy said they'll they'll kind of knock it out of the park and that uh, you know that was a big deal and i do want to come back to game pass in just a minute um but uh but I think the last thing that should be noted is Microsoft enters into 2018 uh, kind of console agnostic. They know the X is coming out, which is promising to be and proves to be the strongest console coming out, which is easy to do. You just go, what is our competition doing? And you make something stronger. Um, but they, while those are initiatives, they seem to be really separating uh, more so than any other company their hardware and their software. And I think this is something Microsoft can do very successfully while they, yeah, are, I was wondering cause yeah. I've noticed that too, because um, it seemed to me, it seemed um, like Microsoft was like trying to come up with ways of why you shouldn't buy an Xbox and just have a PlayStation <laughs> and a PC because like most of their exclusives are playable on PC, even not, just on the Microsoft store, like Recore is on Steam. Now mm -hmm. Sunset Overdrive is on Steam. Yep. And um, so this is kind of weird. <laughs> well, that's 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 easy to say if you're a PC gamer. I have to say, I have friends who, um, you know, one guy just had a desktop PC. His office bought him. And it was ready for prime time. It just needed a graphics card. And I think it even had a basic one, like a 1050 in it or something, or a 950. And I said, you know, this is kind of ready for PC gaming. But, you know, PC gaming, I'm, I, I have to say, is different from console gaming. And you either grew up where the small screen on your desktop is what you prefer to game on, or you grow up where the big screen in your living room is what you prefer to game on. And I know lifestyles can change that considerably. Um, but at the end of the day, as a console gamer, I just prefer to play games on consoles over PC. And a lot of the times that can be, a, it can be a big headache to drag my PC over to my television Hook it up, calibrate it, make sure the five, uh, the seven point one's all set up. Make sure it likes all the resolutions. Reset everything, mod it, patch it, get it ready. Make sure it's compatible with four K because it's not a monitor, so it just makes my TV happy. And so I've got to adjust everything. And the reason why is because if I'm going to play something for 70 hours, I'm going to make sure it's the way I like to play it. And I play it on a couch, but in the couch, no keyboard, no mouse. I've never played a video game keyboard and mouse outside of like. <laughs> very extremely limited circumstances like the witcher one or diablo three beyond that i am mostly gamepad in hand and so for people like me the pc is an option and i definitely have a gaming pc that i hold in very high regard but but i'll usually just boot up the console version because it's so much easier and so much quicker yeah my uh, more and more to the pc 
uh, I used to play on consoles almost exclusively for a while, but I've gotten to that point where if I can get it on PC for the same price or even maybe just a little bit more expensive than I can get it on console, I'm going to get the PC version. Right. Yeah, because my consoles are also plugged into my monitor. I have a, a little Well, see, that splitter. makes it... Yeah, that that explains a, a lot for you. Like, I I would be very surprised to see you wanting an Xbox then. Yeah, I mean, I have an Xbox, but it is, and which is funny, I I bought Red Dead Redemption Two on Xbox because I played RDR One on the Xbox 360, and I had some people I played with that played that with, and um, I haven't really played it because my wife's been playing mass effect again. And I was like, I should have bought it on the PS4. <laughs> yeah. And actually um, you bring up a point that uh, I, I definitely want to get into um, in, in a different discussion. Day four is going to be about the industry and day five is going to be about games. And this will come up many, many times, but again, as it becomes relevant, we can bring it up again. Um, Gaming as an industry really needs to figure out the problem with multi-platforms. I am sick and tired of Eric going, hey, let's play game X. And I'm like, PC, Xbox, PS4? And he gives his answer and we all go, ugh. And I do that constantly with so many games. So many games. And I... Yeah, and there, and well, I'm we're starting to see some of that. Um but we we also see a withholder on a lot of that, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, that, yeah, that'll definitely be in the Sony discussion. But at the same time, you get that with the hardcore multiplayer games. But let's be honest. Nobody's going to put cross-platform support into Far Cry 5. It's just not going to happen. That is never going to happen, and I'm never going to see it. Unless a mod does it on PC, then I'm forced to be on PC. Well, I guess not if they actually patch in cross-platform, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know they'll be able to mod that in. But either way, the, the point becomes clear, and it seems less and less relevant for these companies like EA and Ubisoft, where it's like, yo, dog, let me buy the game on your store, you play, Origin, whatever, and then let me pick a platform to install it to. And I'm fine if you even make me uninstall it on that platform to install it on a different platform. And I have to run everything through, you know, the, uh, uh, through the use store or origin or whatever. But it, it definitely, you know, it, there are solutions for this. And, mm-hmm. and, and these companies don't do it because they don't need to. And by their very definition, them not taking action to this is them being completely fine with us buying stuff again. And... Mm-hmm. The big N and the big S, Nintendo and Sony, absolutely count on part of their business to be us rebuying stuff. And we will definitely get into that. <laughs> and everybody in that in those companies, in fact, I hear gamers saying it like it's a bad thing. That's one of the biggest drags that I hear from... Um, from Microsoft, and, you know, Chase had to go for a second, but he'll probably be back... Um, the idea that, uh, uh, or he might be back from his message, um, but the idea that people will go, Microsoft just giving it away. Gamers only have to buy it once. That's it. Oh my gosh, you can pull your old 360 discs out. What are they, crazy? They're not going to make any money. And, yeah, uh, it's just like, oh, wait a minute, this is a bad thing? You know, uh, like, and, I love the yeah. fact that I can play Forza Horizon 4 on the Xbox and then jump onto the PC and it takes just a little bit, a very short amount of time to sync up my progress and boom, I'm picking right back up where I left off. 
Right, right. And even even for the back combat stuff, like I don't know about you guys, but uh, there have been very positive repercussions to that. Conquer's Bad Fur Day on original Xbox isn't even that good of a port, but uh, they do some impressive stuff when they upscale or when they upres that on the Xbox One. And uh, that disc sold for like 40, 50 bucks. And who's making the money off that? Mostly used game stores. No offense, Andy. Um, but, uh, you know, and and... With that in mind, like Microsoft does make money putting that on the digital store for ten bucks, Kotor for ten bucks on the digital store, or whatever it is in Europe. I'm guessing about eight quid. Um, like that, that can be beneficial. That can breathe life into you know small income uh, avenues that companies well, have never had before. I bought an Xbox One again this year for two reasons. Game Pass, because yes, you can play the PC stuff on PC with Game Pass. But there's a lot of games you're missing out if you don't have an Xbox One for that. True, true. And true, true. backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy it. Now, I have bought some new games for the Xbox One and I'm playing through it, like because I got a better deal on Assassin's Creed Odyssey for Xbox One than I could for PC. I got it for that. But those were the right. two reasons that I got an Xbox One again. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and again, I, for me, like I, even with the PC argument, there is some impressive stuff going on also. And I can't help, but think Microsoft is spearheading a lot of this, uh, just because from some of the companies we see this behavior from, uh, we, we don't normally see this. And then we're suddenly seeing it on Xbox, uh, is, um, you know, like the value of an X for somebody who has a comparable gaming PC, like, Far Cry 5 just does not run as well on a 1070 as it does on an Xbox One. It's an isolated incident or like case. And there are a couple others like that, mostly Ubisoft games. But you can reap the benefits of that. And the idea that a $500 console can compete with a $1,500 PC is very impressive to me, um, even if it is only an isolated incidence. Um Microsoft is utilizing HDR now. We can we might discuss that briefly, but not always in the best way. Uh, games like uh, Near having fake HDR is not a solution and not a good idea. And I would argue that Windows definitely struggles to handle HDR properly. Um, but you know, again, the initiative is there, and um, and we do see significant um, steps forward with Microsoft's X over PS4's Pro in certain releases. And I, I do think that has something to do with Microsoft's involvement. Um, so it's kind of, there's something for everyone here. And back to what I was kind of starting with, with Chase, and I'd love to get everyone's opinion, is that Microsoft doesn't really care where you're playing the game. It'll work on selling you an Xbox. It'll work on selling you a gaming PC. But for right now, Microsoft's chief com- concern is just if you want the game, having you buy it, and if you uh, want the hardware having you buy it, but not depending on either one of those things uh, to make your decision. I would agree with that. I think a big thing, uh, there's a couple of different reasons for that. Microsoft is still primarily a software company. We tend to forget the fact that, I mean, because ga- the har- the gaming par- hardware and all that has taken up so much of their attention. Microsoft started as and it is still is at its roots a software company. And I feel like they're trying to move more and more back that way. Right. They're doing the Netflix model. Uh, at first, mm-hmm. Netflix was and, and I'm not talking about the streaming thing that we could get into that if people want to. But 
I mean, Netflix just wants to deliver the content. They really care less where you can find it. They just want to be everywhere. And Microsoft would gladly put the Microsoft Store on a Nintendo or Sony console if <laughs> they would let them. Um, yep. And 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 I I think that's Microsoft. Yeah, wants does not want its hardware and its software to be mutually exclusive. <clears throat> So. Yeah, and I think Game Pass even reinforces that to an extent <laughs> further because, once again, they don't even care if you're buying the game because you're paying them nine ninety nine a month. Yep, yep. And they and if you let your Game Pass lapse and now the game's cheap, everybody wins. They get a sale from you. Uh, mm-hmm. They've already gotten your subscription money. Now they get a sale from you. You get the game for cheap, and everybody feels like they're on top. So, I don't know. Um Jam, Andy, you guys been a little quiet. Any thoughts on on this? Yeah, I mean, Game Pass has been has been big this year, but I think it's uh, it's done it's done a couple of things with the the Xbox, which I think has been interesting. Like, how many physical games do you own on Xbox One, like right now? One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> five. 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 Okay, so yeah, three. Well. And, and Jam, Jam, you maybe have a bit more. Twenty-eight. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so I own I own one physical Xbox One game, and, and to and be clear, if that console. trade-in program from 2019 seems to be mm. correct, I will own zero uh, Xbox yeah. One discs. Yep, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with all the with all the exclusives being on Game Pass, like you don't need to have the discs at all because they're on Game Pass. You just download them and then they're they're there in your yep. console. Yeah, is Sony paying attention to this? Because I was blown away when my install from the disc of Bloodborne wouldn't run after I added it after Plus. <laughs> I had to delete it and re-download 40 gigs from the Sony Ugh. store. Holy because, cow, really? Yeah, if you guys are not aware, yeah, if you have a disc copy and grab the game, whether you buy it digitally or it becomes part of Plus, you have to delete your disc install and re-download yeah. the digital version to play it. I like that hard way too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so I agree with you, Andy. There is something to be said for Microsoft. Don't care how you got it. If it's on there, they just re-up the cert and they're like, you're good to go. <clears throat> yep. That's going to help Microsoft considerably in the future. Mm. I, I don't know, like the, their business model must be like absolutely firing at a game pass now, and they must be making enough money off of it to keep going with it because like i and i don't understand why people would buy sea of thieves for example like why would you buy a physical copy of that ever like you can buy game pass and like if you don't like the game then you've only bought a month of game pass like and it's cost you a tenner rather than buying a 40 pound game like when it comes out you know it's and especially with sea of thieves it's like an online only game anyway why would you ever buy a physical copy? So, yeah, can can somebody confirm for me? You can't play Sea of Thieves by yourself. I, I imagine it'd be yes, terribly you boring, but you can. You can. can. You can. You can. <laughs> yeah, you and could, it, it, with all the stuff they've added, cool. though, it's not a good idea to because you're going to get ganged up on hard, <laughs> even by AI. It's hit a point <laughs> now where you really should play with other people. Right. Right. Well. You know, actually, if you guys don't mind, let's. You want to walk down Microsoft's big release of uh, Sea of Thieves because that was hyped hardcore and it kind of fell flat. And again, it's it seems like it's recovering, but Microsoft really skated a lot of critical 
attacks, a lot of gamer attacks, and the fact that, let's face it, they kind of did the early access thing, or at least in the least released an unreleased game. I just said released a lot unfinished. in a single sentence. <laughs> an unfinished game. Um, and we all kind of gave them a pass for it because of exactly what Andy said. Uh, it was on Game Pass. So if you had any th- fears whatsoever, you can just pay 10 bucks and you can be part of the conversation. I think that's another thing Microsoft definitely grasps the concept of and Game Pass helps facilitate is being part of the hype machine and being part of the conversation. It gets everyone talking, right? Because everybody was playing Sea of Thieves that first week. Because why not? You grab 10 bucks for Game Pass and you get to do this. And we really didn't have the opportunity to do that with most games as of late. Or heck, just do the trial. <laughs> you get the week right. trial of Game but we, Pass. We basically paid for a demo. Well, yeah, you can get a free trial of Game Pass. That's fair. Now, the one thing I will say with Sea of Thieves is that, you know, yes, it definitely released minus a lot of content it should have had. I already kind of brought that up a little bit earlier. You know, is definitely a case of Microsoft, like, we need to get an exclusive out. We need to do it now. And they pushed Rare to release the game before it was really ready. That being said... I will hold off a little bit on the on calling it early access because not only was the game still very playable, but it was still fun with friends, even on its first release. Mm-hmm. So while, yes, it was devoid of some content, you know, there was more they could have done with it. We've seen games release in unplayable states. Uh, Fallout 76 oh, yeah. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. We've seen games release in such that they're not even fun when you start them. The division comes to mind. You know, now the division <laughs> is a great game, but man, when that game released it's so it's not. And unfortunately, yes, this is more and more of a trend of the release. I think jam, you were saying it earlier, release a game and then kind of fix it later. Yeah. Yeah. But at least this game actually worked, even if the content needed improvement. Right. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Like, I played, I don't know, like forty odd hours of that game when it was uh, in the first couple of weeks uh, with like playing with a few of my friends, and I had a lot of fun with the game. Like, uh, teaming up with your friends and like going on the pirate adventures. That that was a great concept. It, the the only problem I had with it was like once you started seeing the same mission over and over and over again, that it just got dull and boring. Like, it was the chicken mission that got me. Like, go and catch two chickens, put them in these cages, then take them to this other island. And then having to do that, like, 10, 15 times in a row, like, that that becomes tedious. Yeah. And they fixed a lot of that with a lot of stuff they've added, because Mm. you can gain so much reputation without even having to do the actual missions now. If you want to go hunt Mm. skeleton ships, if you sink them, you're going to get stuff to turn into increased reputation, you know? So they've given you a whole bunch of different ways now to achieve that pilot pirate legend status and they've actually given you things to do once you reach pirate legend which at first they didn't really have okay (laughs) now is pirate legend kind of like the uh kind of like the the overarching goal when you first get started yes okay so um but, but yeah like i i think sea of thieves uh I mean, it was interesting because people were like, well, it kind of like what we just said. Well, I remember on release, people were like, well, yeah, it's a little content light. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they definitely had a lot of players. I don't know if that's so true now. Like, what's your chance of really enjoying a rando game? Or is it really more get with your true friends? 
Well, you Anybody can jump tried in. It lately? <laughs> I haven't tried it for a while. No, like no I said, I I was just playing a couple of weeks ago, but I was actually playing with a group of friends at that time. Mm. You can decide to go into an open uh, ship and just join other players at random. And there are a fair number of people in there that you can play with. And I still think it's a whole lot better if you got friends together and you're all on Discord mm. or the same party or whatever and can really talk. Right. That but, makes sense. But you can still do that kind of thing. And, you know, the, the biggest problem you're going to have if you try to do it on your own is that there are definitely a group of griefers who get in there. And <laughs> if you get a whole ship coming after you and you're on a sloop, your chances of getting out of that are just not very high. Yeah, but to a certain extent, that's the Internet being the Internet. Yeah, like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like, are we going to pretend that like last generation didn't happen? <laughs> We we learned this lesson already. Well, Sony's trying to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it kind of it kind of yeah. does fit with that game though, because it is a pirate game at the end of the day. So if you do see another player's ship, like your first instinct is going to be take them down and steal whatever they've got on them. Like you, you're you're not like going, oh, let's uh, let's team up and go and do this generally. Yeah, not to steal but, from Gore Verbinski too much, but like, yeah, I just think of Johnny Depp going pirate. Yeah. Well, the other he was a jerk to thing, me. Yeah, he yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that they have, um, they do have a flag you can fly that shows that you're willing to form an alliance. Now, a lot of people, mm. but you can actually form alliances between ships, and if you do that, you'll split the loot and stuff like that anytime you're turning okay. stuff in. Mm. Cool. Nope. So you're you're intriguing me to go back to the game now. Like it's, it's something that I've never deleted it from my Xbox. I've always had it installed there because I know they've been doing these updates, but I've never gone back and played it since the first few weeks. Um, but yeah, you're intriguing me now that with these uh, updates, that's that's a good positive story to have. Yeah, and and I mean it's and there's more content coming. Like they do not stop announcing that stuff, even at that X 2018, which happened in Mexico City at the end near the end of the year. Um, you know, kept talking about more Sea of Thieves content. Uh, now, is some of it paid? Does anybody know? Is no, there any paid none. content? No. Uh, you can. There's microtransactions where you can okay. buy, like, just you can buy cosmetics, what? cosmetics, but yeah, you can also sense. earn stuff toward getting a lot of those. So right. you can do that. But yeah, the, as far as the actual content, not a single part of it's been paid. Okay, so, I mean, Sea of Thieves uh, was the, I would argue, the first of the big Microsoft exclusives for the year, coming out on March 20th, and so you fast forward, what are we at now, like about nine months later, and things seem to be in a solid state, especially if you were down with what Rare had always pitched to you from the beginning, Um so uh, I'm I'm a little biased because I'm not huge into pirate stuff. I <laughs> while I appreciated Black Flag, it was hardly my favorite Assassin's Creed. Um, so uh, you know, I, everyone's got a flaw. That's mine. So uh, you know, but uh, but all in all, I do like what Sea of Thieves promised. Also, while we're on the subject, Xbox and PC players playing together. Yep, everything's yep. everything's fun and hunky dory. So. Yeah, it was really nice when I was playing with my friends. They were in an Xbox Live party on all of them on Xbox. I hopped in on my PC, could still jump into their party and have the full conversation going with them. 
Yeah, outside of competitive shooters, I really have a hard time understanding why they don't just do that more often. But again, the moment you give a back to the internet being the internet, the moment that you give gamers an opportunity to do something like that, you also give them an opportunity to hate on, negatively impact, and destroy online uh, through the yep. verbal minority. Uh, turn, game, game, turn game chat off. <laughs> just because you tried. Just because you tried to help people out by offering cross-compat, right? If it's not perfect and it's not exactly what your audience wanted, you can end up losing sales on a massive scale just because of the internet, pig, you know, just, just because of like a Facebook comment that goes too far or a Twitter comment that goes viral. Um so real quick, if you don't mind, I wanted to just throw out like Game Pass has been impressive and I kind of want to put it to rest though, outside of just as it comes up in conversations. Um, but at, at 10 bucks a month and then there were lots of half off deals. I, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have a year and a half of Game Pass that I paid like 45 bucks total for. Or wait, no, 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 no. I take that back. Not 45 bucks total, 60 plus 30, 90 bucks total for, uh, which is about half off. Um but uh, I, I thought it was worthwhile. You get a majority of Microsoft's first-party uh, Xbox One exclusives, if not all of them. You might get all of them, but I'm sure there's something I'm missing. Um, you know, you definitely get this year's releases and next year's are all going day and date. Um, but on top of that, there are a lot of like indie stuff. War, Warhammer Vermintide 2 comes to mind. Mutant Year Zero, Ashen Below. Now, these are a lot of recent releases. But even big dogs from other major publishers. You got I, I saw Rise of the Tomb Raider and Hitman from Square. Fallout 4 and Doom from Bethesda. And The Division from Ubisoft. So, um, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Somerset. Sorry, not Somerset. Um, Tamarel. Yeah. Tamarel Unlimited. Tamarel yeah, Unlimited, no. yep. Yep, and, and they've ju- and they've been adding a lot more of the, a lot more of the indie stuff. Like I know strength and stuff that just came out. I mean, Mutant Year Zero literally just came out. As did uh, Ashen and Below. Yep, and Strange yeah. Brigade was on Game Pass like two weeks after it came out. Maybe right, a month. Right. And right. Vermintide yeah. Two was also day and date. Actually, now mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about it. Um, and we also can't forget they recently added PUBG on Russian Rocket League, which uh, huge for the online <laughs> gaming mm-hmm. circuit. <laughs> so uh, while these are not my speed, they're definitely major additions to Game Pass. And um, I've also noticed for parents, this is probably removed from most of us here, although I have noticed some benefits with my daughter, although a large portion of what's on Game Pass I, I have deemed inappropriate for her at this time. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't let her play with chat online. I let her play online, but she can't play with chat at this time. Uh, I don't think she's quite ready for that. Um, but my sister, for example, she's got a teenage boy in the house. And the idea that she could just buy a, uh, you know, he wanted to upgrade to an Xbox One. The idea that she could buy an Xbox One and at the time the sale was going on, pay $60 for a year of Game Pass and for the next 12 months, never buy him a game. It has worked out great for the last six months and he has never been happier and she doesn't even hear the words, can we go to GameStop anymore? (laughs) <laughs> nice yeah um, I mean, and i have heard nothing but positive things out of people who did take advantage of i think that's officially over now but the uh the monthly thing where you could pay 22 bucks a month for uh two years and you got an xbox one s gold and game pass and at the end of that two years you owned the s 
And then I think it was 35 a month for X Golden Game Pass. And you owned that console at the end of two years. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard nobody regretting that decision out of the very small number of people I know that took advantage of it. Which was another just a really impressive thing for them to do. But it's not the first time they've done that. They did something like that with the Xbox 360, if I recall correctly. Yes, and if they can get a good partner, which obviously that's going to be challenging for them and the Microsoft Store ain't going to cut it. I'm thinking they're trying to go through Dell. If they can get a good partner, you watch that will... If they're if they're sticking their guns on this, and it sounds like they might be, you watch that be the way that a lot of people can ascertain the new console were they to pull the trigger on the new console when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, and it kind of makes yeah, sense since they're moving to almost a cell phone like structure anyway. That's basically a cell phone like plan. I'd say consoles are too, but yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Just in time for the cell phone plans to stop in America uh, that, that run that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, um, but sorry, Andy, you were about to say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was just going to say that. Yeah, I definitely agree with the with the whole thing, like about uh, about being really family friendly for Game Pass, like because there is so many games in in this that I probably wouldn't have bought. The the like my daughters went, oh, can we try this? And I'm like, and I'll look and I'm like, yeah, it's on Game Pass. Like, let's try it. Like things like Hello Neighbor and uh, like Human Fall Flat <laughs> and things like that. Things that she's seen like the other. People yeah, my daughter YouTube. got to find out Hello Neighbor sucks. It's not as fun as those streamers make it look. <laughs> not at all. She did not have the FGTV experience when she got Hello Neighbor. Uh, not at all. So. <laughs> Like my, my daughter quite enjoyed it. She's absolutely terrible at it, but like she, she enjoys just like run up the house and then running away from the guy. Like, and it's kind of silly fun. Um, but there's other things like yeah. Scream Ride and like there's oh yeah, Rush and uh, uh, like Rocket League and Robocraft Infinity and things like that. Like just to name a few. But there's so many. Like, and I'm, I'm one of those dinosaurs that has that has a connect still. So my daughter <laughs> has actually really enjoyed Zoo <laughs> Zoo Tycoon. Zoo <laughs> Tycoon, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, we, like we've tried a I lot want of to wash a giraffe, <laughs> <laughs> and like it saved me a lot of money, like over mm. over the year for sure. Like uh, because there would be a lot of these where she'd be like, "Oh, can we get this like Hello Neighbor?" And if she asked about it enough times, then chances are I would just buy it. Like like Undertale, for example, I've bought Undertale uh-huh. like four times on different <laughs> platforms for her. So like if she asked for That's it, exactly I would just, what I'm talking about, get it. Andy. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. should have bought that once. <laughs> Or you should have had to buy it once. If you want to buy it four times, that's fine. If yeah. you want to support a developer and that's your way to do it, that's that's perfectly fine by me. It's your business. Um, and I would actually, have rather not bought it four times, to be fair, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> you well, and Andy, you bring up a good point. So, fun fact, in our house, um, normally you would think the Switch or the Wii U would be the one that you would have for the family. We had two Wiis in the house, and we were always swapping the discs back and forth for people to play. Now what I've done, and I'm, I'm in a pretty disc-free house, all in all. I actually have Roku mm-hmm. boxes or smart TVs that have replaced, and a Plex server that have replaced my, my DVDs and Blu-ray players and stuff like that. And I know not everybody does that, but if you take the time um, and you can afford to, like I've done that, and the Xbox fits right into that ecosystem. So there are no discs in my daughter's library. Um, I am on her Xbox One S, which was my former S upstairs that has the Kinect attached to it. 
And I am, that is my quote unquote home console. And mm-hmm. so I okay. share my gold with her. And then I set her up for a kid's account and fully restrict it. And then when she wants to play a game or when I see a game that I like, whether it be Game Pass or it be um, games with gold or I buy a game most of the time digitally, I just download it to that one upstairs and it just shows up on hers. And if it's, uh, and, and I only download what meets her rating restrictions. Hmm. And then she just is able to play it. And, um, and the Xbox has completely replaced Nintendo in our house. Um, as the, uh, my daughter's Xbox one is hers. She has an account that has absolutely nothing on it. It does not have gold. It does not have a credit card and it does not have the ability to chat uh, verbally or text wise. It cannot send messages. Uh, she has no friends on her friends list, which that'll change soon, but like that's where its current state is. And she just gets drip fed games. And if it shows up on her console, she can play it. And she, I've spent $0 on games for, well, okay. I spent, I bought Minecraft, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and so like, uh, and I bought Minecraft on my account and it just plays on hers. You know, uh, that has become the elegant solution for me. Um, and I was buying the X anyway, so I didn't even have to buy a new console. I just didn't sell my (laughs) S for the, what would I get? 50 bucks, hundred bucks for it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, it's better than buying a second switch. Uh, so like that, that has happened and I never would have guessed that. And I, that, that is not a, an attack on Nintendo at all. Um, but uh, those sharing functions just don't uh, work in the same way on any other platform. Nope. Um, so. Um, no, no. PlayStation 4 does do the same. Like, so you PlayStation can 4, to a little extent, bit. does that the same. But there is their sharing of internet definitely exists. Their sharing of games kind of exists. Oh, no, no. It's exactly the No, no. The game is exactly the same as the way you've described it there on, on the Xbox. You can set your console as the primary and then have another one where you download the games. Right. But see, I had a problem, which was if I wanted to play, I don't know, let me just find a game. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to try to search for one that my daughter and I would play at the same time. But I did have a problem when I wanted to play something. And even though she was on her screen name hmm. for PSN, she was on my wife's actually, uh, trying to play the same game. Um, but it was tethered to my account. It wouldn't let her. You know, I've, I've never had that issue at all. Um, because like, It's probably incredibly rare. Me, me and Ali do it um, with like our accounts. So like, and he was playing Spider Man at the same time as I was playing Spider Man with no issues. Huh? Okay. And it was, well, that was on his, that was on his account. So was hey, maybe. Well, and you're not factoring yeah. in. I'm an Xbox fanboy, so like, well, you gotta. Yeah. I'm just, I figured I'd say it before anyone else <laughs> did. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, no, no. I I get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and that's good though. That's good that you can do the same thing with a PlayStation. In fact, I think the takeaway here is not really that Microsoft's better. The takeaway here is that Nintendo's got to catch up because they're losing the parents buying for kids market in certain mm. households. Mm. Yep. So my daughter does not know the Switch comes out of the the, the dock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, she does do certain things. She's, she's seen me do it. And no, 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 I don't think there's a problem with it. I just never pull it out of the dock. So she just doesn't think that functionality is that cool. I guess is what I would say. And to some people, and we'll talk about it on the Nintendo episode, that is huge functionality. So don't let me downplay it. But it's just interesting because like depending on the way the parent works, 
the kid may not understand the value built into the switch. Uh, and I am a shining example. I am uh, devaluing my switch greatly by not utilizing it the way I should be. Um, but uh, anyway, back to Microsoft. Uh, you want to switch gears, guys, for a second and talk about some of the games that came out? Let's do it. So let's, I guess we'll, we'll go in order. Who put pit people on the list? Mate. Take that lead. <laughs> I put it on the it's list. It's all you jam. I, I only actually play. I only actually played the free trial that came with it. Though, to be perfect. Damn honest. it! But, however, no, I can no. speak to it. I can speak to it. It's the follow-up. It's from um, the behemoth, the people that did uh, Battlebox Theater, Castle Crashers, and uh, Alien Hominoid. Hominid. Hominid. That's the one. Um, the Flash game. What we paid forty dollars for on did, the GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the original Xbox. So I have my original Xbox coffee. So. Yeah, but I think that one was ten bucks. It, th- that blow was yeah. softened a little bit. <laughs> I bought that on GameCube only to because somebody said play this Contra game, and then I found out it was on Flash. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, anyway. With this company, they tend to always just kind of skip genres, really, each time with trying something new. So um, the prior one, Battlebox Fields, is more of a platform game, and Pit People's more of a sort of strategy-based game. But it has all of the humor you've come to expect from this company. It still it kind of looks like the same style as all the games you've been known. So usually fart jokes, poop jokes. Uh, has that guy Stamper. I, think he's, I don't know if he still operates on YouTube with his um, voiceover and humor. Um if you liked the previous Battleblock Theatre, you'll probably like Pit People for its sense of humour. And it still has uh, carp in it as well. So they still threw the, the two-player in it, which has been in every single game they've done so far. Um, I had fun with for, That's a big one for you, Jim. I it is. That. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I had fun with what I played so far. I did want to purchase it, but it's just like with everything that happens is that you know stuff just gets buried so quickly these days. You just forget about it. And I'm surprised this isn't on Game Pass, considering it is... Um, I was about to say that. Yeah. I imagine it'll probably come at some well, stage. It came out March 2nd. What are they waiting for? If you were going to buy it, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. you would have done it by I've now. I've never even hailed of this. So I didn't know <laughs> yeah. <it was> cool. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't people either. Have... Andy's on Xbox.com looking it up right now. He's like, like oh my people. <laughs> You know what they did? They re-released that remastered version of... Um, of uh, yeah. And and people were like, well, that must have been the behemoth release for 2018 <laughs> or 2017 or whatever. So you got that free if you owned the 360 yep. version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And funny enough, I don't think that's on Game Pass either. I know Battleblock Theater is. That one is on Game Pass. Yeah, and you know what? I think the 360 version was on mm. Game Pass, and they they took uh, it away. And I'm guessing a lot of people didn't play it. Was just they, <laughs> and they knew that, and they were like, okay, well, we'll wait till Behemoth's ready to put the remastered on there. Um, mm-hmm. But I could have sworn it was on there for like a month or two. I don't know if it's still on there, but I remember seeing it and then not seeing it. So the other reason um, this might have got a bit buried. Sorry, one more thing is that this was one yeah. of those weird early access games that Microsoft tried to do just you know a while oh, ago. You buried was, the lead, Jam. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I would have ignored it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I That's buy games that are 1.0. I'm sorry. Battlefield <laughs> uh, 360 is still on uh, Game Pass, by the way. Oh no, we were talking Castle Crashers. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> and that is not. But Battle Block Theater's on there, so if you want to check out some of Behemoth's uh, stuff, there you go. They did Battle Block, right? Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure. Sorry, I'm getting confused for a minute. Thank you, (laughs) did. It's a dev that I tangentially appreciate. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, um, all right, anything else about Pit People before we jump down? 
No, that's about it, really. It's, it's, if you're familiar with this developer, you kind of know what to expect from them. But no, no microtransactions. I guess we should say that. Do we have that's, to say that? That's still? worth <laughs> mentioning. Um, yeah, in this world, that is. So, uh, all right. Speaking of microtransaction, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, May 22nd, the release of State of Decay 2. Highly anticipated game, if you ask me. People keep telling that anecdotal tale of like, man, I picked up State of Decay for like 20 bucks, and that, that was a great game. And I have no idea what accent I was trying to emulate there. Um, it, seemed, but, uh, it seemed overhyped to me, to be honest with you. I completely agree. And boy, did everyone. Uh, I feel like 100% of the community had to acknowledge that. And that's not to say that this game was not appreciated. Um, but I would say everybody kind of... The rose-colored glasses got yanked off their faces as this game released. And, and more specifically, as more people who had Game Pass started jumping on board. This was another big one to get people into Game Pass and realizing that um, mm, maybe we didn't need more State of Decay. Um, <laughs> it has multiplayer. I, I have Sorry. never played the first one. I have never played the second one. Anybody want to take the lead on this one? I can't really. That's incredibly telling. Did we? Did any of us play this game much at all? I played it. Yeah, I played a bit. Wow, and neither of you were like, "I'm in. Put me in, coach." You guys were like, "We could move on." So, I, somebody's got to at least tell me why we can move on. What What is wrong with this game, or what is not right with this game? Do you want to go, Andy? On, on your go, Jam, it sounds like you've played more of it than what I have, so go. Oh. You, you, you can lead the discussion. You guys are both standing in front of the pile of wood with gasoline on it, and you're holding torches, and uh, just somebody kill it. Well, the main hook of State of Decay 2 compared to the predecessor is that the, the first game didn't have online multiplayer. It didn't have any multiplayer whatsoever. It was just single player only. So that's why mm -hmm. some people were kind of excited for State of Decay 2. Uh, I know our, our that good was friend, the hook. Our good friend over in Australia was quite excited for this version of the game. Um, whether or not he was excited when it actually came out, I don't know. But um, the <laughs> Jam hasn't heard from him since. They're no longer <laughs> friends because he enjoyed State of Decay. Possibly. Uh, but no. <laughs> um, this kind of suffered from the same CFEs thing we discussed earlier, where it wasn't. It had is glitched up the arse basically. As um, there's issues, um, cars flew up in the air when I first played it. Um, weird things happened when you hit zombies. In fact, I saved a video on my Xbox of some fun glitch, some of the fun glitches I, I came those. across. Please share those. <laughs> yeah. But it's um, <laughs> it, it's it got fixed. It has been fixed more as time has progressed, and they've like added stuff like they recently they added was it the crossbow feature? I think they did, so you can get a crossbow weapon now. Um, mm. but, there's, there's not really. I think what people when people went into State of Decay two, they're expecting kind of like triple A. I think, but you know, they didn't Which maybe. They shouldn't it. have been, but no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, I feel like expectations played a large part, right? Because yeah. nobody had that expectation. In fact, people had much lower expectations for the twenty dollar original. Mm. Um, and this was not priced any much higher. Thirty. There were extra well, editions. Well, there's two versions, but, wasn't there? Yeah. Of the standard, the ultimate edition. That's the <laughs> play it three days early, the one big yes. business practice. I keep going shame on you, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're not the only ones doing it. No, they're not. So I guess if everybody else is jumping off the cliff, let's just hurl ourselves into the ravine. <laughs> it's, it's a relatively benign business practice, but it is annoying. But... Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I just know that. And and Jam, what I was told, yeah, was people were like, if you if you have Game Pass and you have a gaming PC, you let your PC do the heavy lifting. Apparently, this game didn't run a not to so great on either the Xbox or even the X. Um, mm, yeah, absolutely. Too chug. Uh, so. I think it has. I played it again recently, and they appear to have improved things somewhat. So it definitely was. It felt smoother. Mm-hmm. But well, one of the problems some games run into uh, mm-hmm. is that they are processor heavy, and uh, we don't need to really get into it. But guys, both the PS4 and the Xbox One have incredibly weak, ar- semi-archaic, less than two gigahertz, eight-core one point uh, AMD processors in them, um, and so when you whip a good i5, i7, Ryzen processor at them uh, can clear up some of those problems. Um, with games like uh, State of Decay, which I would guess uses a lot more processor power because it has to keep track of a lot of AI and a lot of characters in a large, wide-open expanse. Uh, meanwhile, the corridor shooter still benefits from the super rocket-fueled uh, GPUs in these consoles. So... I, I would say that my problem with State of Decay 2 was that it just wasn't any fun. Like, well, Sea Thieves had, like, a few issues. I still had a lot of fun playing it, and this is me playing with the same friend group that I played, like, Sea Thieves with, with State of Decay. And I just found that the world that it chucked into was really empty. And I, I believe that... I don't believe your progress carries over if you're in someone else's game. So, like, you go no. into someone's you, game... And no, you, you, you are in your resources, but your yeah. progress doesn't change. Yeah, so, like... Considering that so many games have done that right, where anytime you're you're in somebody else's game, whatever you get there, whatever progress you get carries over, for mm-hmm. them to release a game, you know, in this year that doesn't do that, yeah, why would I? Why would I want to play it like with my friends? Oh, sorry, someone's at the door. It's Peter Molyneux. Just wants to know what's wrong with that. Uh, he thinks it's perfectly acceptable for games to do this. I'm sorry, I had to. It, it's going to come up once a show. Uh, I'm going to dog yeah. Peter Molyneux. Well, but, of course, yeah. but th- those games were also released several years before this one. Right, right, no, no, no. Very fair. And to uh, to be clear, I'm pretty sure State of Decay got mildly delayed with issues with the online stuff. Yep. So um, Undead Labs is definitely struggling with the online stuff. So, and we'll, this is a different story we'll probably talk about in a minute, but um, their acquisition by Microsoft as a in-house studio, I think will benefit them because they can utilize some of those resources from Microsoft to help them kind of clean that up for whether it be another State of Decay game or whatever game they release next. Hmm. That doesn't help State of Decay 2, however. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, the the last question I must ask, and I'll just let anyone answer it. Please don't cricket me. Um, so, never played any of these games. Have Game Pass. Have access to State of Decay One, that definitive edition. So, I guess cleaned up. Or State of Decay Two. Do I play one? Do I play two? Do I skip them both at this point? Depends if you're going to play online or not. If you're going to play alone, just won't play, the first play one. online. Nope. Yeah, Lo- play the first I'm a lone wolf. First one then. <laughs> Pretty so the first one's still worth checking yeah. out, though, if you never have. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, cool. So, so you, you at least don't have that bad of a taste in your mouth. You're still like, well, go back to the roots. Uh. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same game. It's just, if anything, I think the first one is, is if it's for a single-player experience, that's better tailored for that. But whereas the second one, they're trying mm-hmm. to attempt the online stuff. So. Right. So... Uh, well, if you guys are cool, let's switch gears. So right after, uh, man, the unintentional uh, d- double entendres here. Um, 
So after May 22nd, shortly after, uh, everybody went off to LA and uh, E3 happened. And uh, I think we should talk real quick about uh, Microsoft announcing a lot of acquired studios or inherited studios or established studios. Um, five to be specific. Um, and I'll just lead with what they are. And then, um, you know, I'll let someone take the reins. But uh, so at E3, they announced uh, The Initiative, which was a new studio led by former Crystal Dynamics head Daryl Gallagher. Undead Labs, developers of State of Decay. Uh, Playground Games, who were known for Forza Horizon. <laughs> at this point, none of these sound these sound like no-brainers. Um, the big ones were Ninja Theory, uh, best known to me uh, for, um, oh, what's Enslaved Journey to the West, uh, but they have plenty of games to be proud of, DMC. including DMC and more recently Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Um, and then last but not least, uh, Compulsion Games, um, which... Uh, had a lackluster showing this year, in my opinion, with We Happy Few. Um, Which is really, really too bad because I was interested in We Happy Few because I really liked their previous game, Contrast. Me too. I oh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed Contrast. I think it was one of the first PS Plus games at the launch of the PS4, and it was a delightful experience. Um with a great aesthetic. And that's the thing. They are carrying their aesthetic to the next level with We Happy Few. Problem was, they built a game that I don't think a lot of us wanted. Um, and that's going to happen. I think they <laughs> kind of missold the game a little bit based on, see that first trailer they put out? That trailer was amazing. Um, and, and it got everybody yeah. like, really interested in the game because it looked like it was going to be a mm-hmm. Bioshock game, like that style of game. And then when the game actually came out, it's like this weird survival thing. I would argue this team is a bunch of talented guys who know how to make really good games Mm. that really need a writing team. Mm. And again, hopefully Microsoft can help them do that because watching what they came up with uh, for what they called the campaign of We Happy Few as somebody who did uh, get, you know, I I always had early access, but I got press access to play the game before release. I was like, and got eight hours into the campaign. And I was like, and that's saying a lot right there. And I'm like, I see where it's going. And I'm not even a third of the way through the campaign. And I'm not sure I'm having any fun. And to be clear, I gave about two more hours after that initial video I made. And just, I was done. Um, But like you said, uh, Eric, like, I, I dig what they do with um, uh, with contrast and their aesthetic is well, very invo- evocative of, of of Bioshock, and I'd love to see them um, make something new. Uh, well, and that's that. where you 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 know I'm kind of encouraged that they're getting signed by Microsoft for the very reason you stated. Mm-hmm. So you get somebody with their vision, but Microsoft can step in and not only provide them a little bit more funding, but hopefully provide them with some better writers or connections to people who can help them with some of the areas where they struggle. And I feel uh, Phil can offer guidance as well. Uh, Phil and his team. I, I hate to take just one man and make it seem like he's just dropping by Compulsion Games to see how it goes. We all know how that's going to be. Anyone who's worked in the corporate system, he met everyone in the break room for a company meeting and maybe bought pizza and said hi to everybody and looks forward to seeing you. And then he walks away and outside of the studio head, no one talks to him. Um, but, you know, Microsoft will. They have teams, many, many people working under Phil Spencer who can assist in this. And I, I, I feel confident they're going to do just that. Um, 
I also think it's kind of cool that Microsoft just came out and they've always done this and it, it makes good business sense to do this, but they were like, that doesn't mean we're ready to pull We Happy Few off of shelves for these other things. And again, I don't think they could even do it because Gearbox uh, published it, but um, Microsoft had no interest in that. They were just like, whatever, Compulsion Games is a well, multi-platform company and they'll continue to be as such. Uh, and we'll get we'll get into that even more thing. with um, announcement of somebody else they picked up later in the year. Yeah, and, and actually, we'll we'll piggyback that in a sec. I just wanted to give anyone a chance to talk about these other acquisitions. Well, I am I wasn't really surprised. You know, I don't think anybody could be surprised by the kind of interior studios that they collected. Though some in some ways, I was kind of sitting there going, "Oh, Playground Games wasn't already under them." Yeah, <laughs> I think that was what everybody was thinking. I don't know about you guys, but if if you, if you didn't say it out loud, you were thinking it. Yeah. But I'm really excited to see what Ninja Theory can do with Microsoft's backing. Yep. Hell yeah. Look what they did with a small studio on, uh, like, Senua Sag- Hellblade was, um, was Hellblade the company was saying. Right. And it was the company saying, let's make something magical, but let's be realistic about who we are, the design team size we are, right? This is, this is a perfect example of, of a company working to its strengths and and they kept the budget limited uh because they didn't want to bury themselves and it it worked out very well for them and now with microsoft's money behind them right like yeah what can they do um i don't think i've been unhappy with a single one of ninja theory's games i think like some people might say heavenly sword uh i didn't really play that one i played a little bit of the demo so i could art but definitely loved enslaved I don't care what what people say, including specific people in this server. I liked their version of Devil May Cry. And people can say all they want to about, well, they didn't do the right Dante. They did the Dante they were instructed to do. Well, more importantly, from a gameplay standpoint and playing a lot more Devil May Cries, I get why people criticize it because it's not like the original series. The problem is, is I think that the Ninja Theory engine is more versatile and a better game. Mm-hmm. But, well, yep. there we go. There's the Civil War gauntlet thrown down. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would not yeah. disagree with you. I think that Ninja Theory's version of it actually plays better than what I've played of the original version of it. Right. But for those of us who are all involved in growing up with games, you can't stop what you know from growing up and being enchanted by a game it explains andy and jam's unfortunate love of certain consoles microcomputers and franchises that i just can't wrap my head around <laughs> yeah i'm trying to steal the best sorry <laughs> so anyway amiga, amiga. <laughs> oh here we go yeah right right uh so, hey, the amiga um, was a great thing it the just amiga never was great, took actually. Off. i love the amiga the amiga yeah I, the amiga is like the only computer that everybody's like okay yeah fine the commodore amiga it was unrivaled uh at its time um but i don't know andy it sounded like you were about to say something is there anything you wanted to say in regards to ninja theory yeah, so I just wanted to mention about Hellblade. Obviously, Hellblade's a really interesting one because it came out exclusively on PlayStation, like PlayStation yeah. and PC. And then mm-hmm. for Microsoft to then turn that around in less than, what, six months to a year to then have Hellblade on the Xbox One and by the studio that made the game, like, that that's kind of a massive turnaround for me. And it's, it's kind of strange that, like, Sony had that relationship with them. And even, like, Heavenly Sword, that was a PS3 exclusive, was it not? Like, back in the day. Uh, yes, it yeah, was. Exclusive, yeah. yeah. And that's why I can't, you know, I had a PS3 
when that game came out. So mm. I can't be unbiased in my love for it because it was just on a very low scale, right? Like, anyway. <laughs> but. Yeah. But, but for Microsoft to turn that around, like from this traditionally Sony like developer, uh, Sony influence developer, to then have them as an exclusive Xbox developer, like that, that's pretty big, I think. And uh, like Hellblade, I haven't played it yet, although it's coming to Game Pass in about two days, I think. So I will yeah, play no, it as soon as it comes say, to Game yeah. Pass. Yeah, so it is a, a game fan, it's a fantastic game. Yeah, December. Play it with headphones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, I actually played this. I did the test. Uh, I was. I talked to Eric about it. He insisted, and I was like, "Well, but I got these. I got this seven point one speaker setup. Why would I do that?" And no, he was right. He was totally right. And you'll you'll find out quickly. Um, the other thing is, you really see Microsoft getting behind it. And the reason I say that is, they released a disc copy of this on Xbox One, and then they brought it to Game Pass. Like that is getting behind an older game that's been on other platforms in a way you just don't usually see it is desk release on ps4 as well so right do we know if microsoft published that uh, i don't know about that one but it is uh yeah it's an interesting it's, publishing it's thing yeah <laughs> so, but uh anyway yeah no a hellblade is is an incredible game and uh the more people who can play it the better um mm. regardless of platform and phil's always said that but again everybody would rightfully say well given his position of course he would say that mm. um they're number two in in the competitive market since Nintendo just has decided that they don't exist to them and probably is the best move. Um, so uh, Chase may have returned. So Chase, you're welcome to jump into the conversation anytime. But uh, I have returned, so but I'm in the back. middle of the conversation. So I'll just you know I'll be here. Well, so uh, we're we're kind of talking about Microsoft's acquired studios. We're going to talk about the two big dogs at the end of the year in a sec. But uh, anybody else have anything to say about the other five acquisitions from E3? Well, I wouldn't call them acquisitions per se, but the addition of these five studios in uh, E3. The one thing that interests me about them getting Playground, like I said, I thought Playground was already underneath them. <laughs> but there have been rumors that Playground Game is working on an RPG. Oh. Mm. And the rumors have been that it's the next Fable game. <laughs> no, Okay. Well, they certainly is certainly they certainly could do a better job than uh, late, you know, kind of eroded lion head was doing. So there I is agree that. wholeheartedly there. And on top of that, I like the idea that it would be a British developer because you need to keep the British sensibilities in that game. Mm hmm. Yeah, I do agree with that. So as do um, I. But uh, but yeah, that's true. They'll at least need to bring in. Uh, we'll dig up Peter Molyneux. What's he up to? I don't think he's doing a whole lot these days. We could just get his input. Please don't you know, bring him in. He was responsible <laughs> for Fable. Don't 3. give him. Don't give him directorship or anything. But just get his input. Tell him. Ask him if the he was responsible for Fable you know, like- Three. Telling people what's not going to be in the game. That's true. Yeah, no, I take it back. I don't know why I was ever insane like that. Just hire Jam and Andy and they'll take yeah, care of it. Yeah, that's, um, that's what you should do. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Andrew. Uh, but, uh, all right. So, um, if everybody's cool, you want to move on to the two big dogs at the end? <laughs> yep. 
I'll take that as a yes. So then at uh, the X2018, um, I don't know what else to call it, the Mexico City fan event, they did announce that they had acquired um, none other than Bard's Tales' own In Exile Entertainment, a fantastic group of uh, a team of people. I met them at E3 2010. They were coming out with a little game called... Oh, crap, I'm blanking on it. Jam, what's the 360 Gears of War game that's uh, a co-op game set in medieval times? Hey, you just stepped away. I don't know. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll come up with it. But anyway, you're not, but they're you're, mostly known for bards. You're not thinking what? of Hunted, are you? No. The Demon Forge? You're not thinking, think of thinking of the um, Warhammer no, game, are you? Hunted. No, I'm thinking of Hunted the Demon's Forge. Oh. Um. I think. Pretty sure. There's a little right, there was the elf archer and the uh, male barbarian. Yeah, hunted the demon yeah. forge. Yeah, that's in exile. I did not realize that was them. I actually liked that game. I know a lot of people were eh on it, but I had fun with it. Yeah, I want to try it. Um, I have it on 360. Uh, I don't know if it's back compat though, and I have it on PC as well. So there you go, Eric. If, if you got 50 cents, I think you can grab it on Steam. <laughs> we could try it. But uh, but I, I always wanted to play that it as and... being one of their games, unless maybe it's just oh because... really. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. Then I must have talked to them about something else. Sorry. My mistake. Uh, but either way, I did talk to NXIL and played something of theirs. <laughs> and, uh, and people have always told me I should check out the Bard's Tale series. Oh, no, it was. But it's interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always wanted to try it. And again, they're not going to invoke Hunted because it was a colossal commercial failure for Bethesda. But hey. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're an interesting acquisition. Anybody else a big NXL fan that wants to step up and see what they can do? Yeah, I don't think I've cool. played any of their games, to be honest. So, I mean, it might benefit from two things. One thing that Chase has me thinking about is, um, uh, you know, there are some people who, rightfully so, if they can't afford a gaming PC at this time, or if they can only afford a real budget gaming PC, look at the Xbox One with its free sync support and now keyboard and mouse and its relatively large library and goes, you know what, for 500 bucks and this free sync monitor I already own, this may not be a bad plan for now. Yeah. Hmm. The other one that that I think people would be interested in that In Exile did is they did a Torment Tides of Numenera. Ooh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> Never played it, but I've heard very good things. People who've played that game really dig it. I backed it on Kickstarter and I played a little bit of it, but it's everything mm-hmm. I've heard. It's supposed to be phenomenal. Yeah, I just think that uh, uh, Oblivion, uh, Oblivion, Obsidian, and In Exile need to like put aside their differences because Obsidian <laughs> as Fair. Like both of them have each other's strengths. Yeah. Like they're like the opposite of each other. Like in exile can write these really grand stories, but they're, you know, their programming isn't like really up to snuff. And then obsidian can program the opposite. Yeah. In exile does the better programming. Obsidian writes the better stories. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's sorry. that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> like Bard's Tale doesn't really have a compelling story, but its its systems are pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I don't want to dog Obsidian too much uh, because I, still my favorite game, and this will kind of usher it in, uh, still my favorite game is why am I blanking on their most best game ever? Uh, well, I'm going to spy bit, game. Uh, Alpha Protocol. Alpha Alpha Protocol. I was just about to say, I'm really, really really hoping that Microsoft signing them means we're going to get an Alpha Protocol too. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, two? Cool. But for those who want the HD remaster, all you need to do is just <laughs> install it on Steam and you'll get it for a song because it's been on a million Humble Bundles. But uh, Alpha Protocol runs fantastic on Win 10, Win 10 has game pad support and now, will scale Originally, to it did not have game pad support, by the way. Which, oh, really? Yes. Really? The first time I played through it on PC, I had to kind of do, use a program because I wasn't used to mouse and keyboard then. And then uh, uh-huh. mouse and keyboard works really well with one exception. Hacking is horrible. <laughs> on oh, mouse I and bet. Keyboard. I bet that's terrible with that little hacking game. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm still broken. Um, Eric, I can't mouse and keyboard, but anyway, uh, <laughs> On that note, though, as Chase kind of hinted at, uh, their other acquisition, which was a bigger deal for probably a lot of us on the console front, um, is Obsidian Games, um, which, uh, and and like you said, Chase, these are both teams that kind of came from that Black Isle, that Planescape Torment world, the uh, Neverwinter Nights teams. Yeah, because whenever um, people think of the Obsidian, they think of those games. They don't like just mm-hmm. all of a sudden think Alpha Protocol. They think Fallout. Yeah, they think Fallout. <laughs> they think Fallout New Vegas. They think... Right, and it's really sad that they don't also think of Exile when they say that. Because I know Exile made Bard's Tale, but didn't they start way back in the Interplay days working on stuff like Fallout and then eventually joining Black Isle Games? I thought that was the trend of a lot of those people Possibly. who were in Exile. But either way, so yeah, Obsidian, that's a big one, you know? The rightful, only good first-person Fallout game. Am I right? Am I right? Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. I thought it was funny when they announced Outer Worlds and they are like, from the creators of Fallout and the people the behind Fallout New Vegas. Vegas. It was kind of like, you know, the good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were kind of hinting at that. And again, not to discredit Fallout 3, I had a lot of fun with Fallout 3 and a little bit of fun with Fallout 4. Um, Chase is telling me I can have more fun if I just give it a chance, uh, which I should probably do. Well, but, um, I give a lot of things <laughs> more credit than they deserve. Fallout 4 <laughs> isn't what I would consider like a good RPG is, but, but it's a fun game, you know? <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm not saying that these are bad games. I'm just saying new Vegas is better. Yeah. So, but alpha protocol is my annual game. Play it once a year. It's a big deal for me. I've been Jason Bourne, James Bond and, uh, Jack Bauer. But, uh, but yeah, so somebody else read that game informer article. Yes, I did. Uh, you know, I still haven't figured out how to romance one girl, but we won't get into it now. But anyway, <laughs> I think Obsidian is a is a is a big deal. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I 100 percent agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chase, you want them to dream team, right? Because they did say they were going to remain separate and uh, independent of each other, uh, which was hilarious because um, unless Microsoft forces them to, they won't work together. Uh, I've heard. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's some, I don't know if there's some bad blood or what's going on with that, but it was two teams splitting. But I do think if they got together and made something, I don't even know what they would make. Alpha Protocol 2 is what they should make. Um, that would be ridiculously cool. So <laughs> they, they just make Fallout 3 again, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Fallout 3 Secret Best Edition? Yeah. <laughs> no, they'll do what we all do on the internet the real Fallout 3. <laughs> working version um, but uh but yeah so um yeah i think obsidian was a big deal i think it was very cool um and i'd like to see what they do it should be noted outer worlds is being published not by microsoft and is not a console exclusive yeah i noticed so that because that was like kind of like i was like i thought they were a bolt 
and now it's multi-platform. Hmm, that's right. interesting. Well, they were working on this before Microsoft bought them. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, good on Microsoft that said that you can still like make this the way you... Oh, I don't think Microsoft had much of a say, but you're right. Microsoft wouldn't have stopped it. Yeah. But yeah, Microsoft doesn't have a whole lot of say. It's the same thing with like Microsoft. If they ever came out and said, look how nice we're being by letting compulsion games... No, 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 no. <laughs> we Happy Few was multi-platform and Gearbox ain't going to let them do a thing about that. Um, I think Gearbox actually owns the rights to We Happy Few at this point, And I'm sure compulsion's like, we got bought by Microsoft. You can have it. <laughs> well, so. I mean, I'm sure Microsoft's like, yeah, you, you guys are good. You guys can keep We Happy Few. <laughs> We're 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 good over here. <laughs> By the way, I, I just read the chat. Good one, Andrew. Uh, so our silent uh, extra host. Um, but uh, but anyway. Um, so yeah, here's the only downside. I didn't give warnings like I said I would. So uh, we should probably wrap this up a little bit. But I don't want to rush anything too too much. Um, so uh, let's see how we can we can run this. So um, first and foremost, I think it should be noted, Microsoft leaves 2018 still as second, third place, however you want to look at it. They leave as, as definitely um, not the strength here, but they are in no way hurting for business. And I think that should really be, be noted. Um, well, and next year you've got crackdown you've got gears i believe halo is supposed to be out next year as well right yeah yep. that's right yep. yeah so you've Phil got Spencer heavy, has pushed that yeah. infinite is a 2019 game you've got heavy hitters coming out next year you've got the expansion of game pass to the pc whatever that ends up being sure. there it's there's definitely going to be i think microsoft is putting themselves in a position i think they've realized they're not going to win this generation sony's just got too much of a lead but they're putting themselves like in a position to, to draw people back to them and be ready for the jump to the next one. Yeah, I think they're also planting roots to be able to abandon the Xbox if they ever needed to. Mm -hmm. um, mm. There is a strength to a company that can do that. Um, and it doesn't sound like a whole lot of us will care. Will you guys care if you have to go PC for your games if it comes to that? Maybe. That Microsoft would ever stop, but Maybe I just think they would rebrand gaming PCs. Sorry. Maybe they're going to make a thing to where like Game Pass is coming to PC. And all of a sudden... It is. No, it's been announced. It it, is. Well, yeah. But then all of a sudden, you can put your 360 games in your PC and they work. <laughs> I think they're really trying to figure out how to do that. The problem is that uh, you really need a single spec and it's you can't tell the PC right. you can't come out and tell PC gamers use this processor this GPU and yeah. that's it they uh, can they'll do, lose they can, their minds they can do that with <laughs> Xbox One to PC because realistically there isn't a whole lot of difference between an Xbox One and the PC there was still right, so, a fair amount of difference between the 360 and a PC yeah. right Right. That well. That's they're they're all just those AWPs or whatever those those or those UWPs those Universal Windows programs or whatever is how they're doing it. Um, we just come a long way, but hey. Yeah, you still uh, can't really get Fallout Three to work on Steam. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It's like but you know what? It's only. Like, I think you have an XP computer when Fallout Three was uh, announced. You can get it to work with a lot of mods, but I I distinctly remember trying to get Fallout Three to work when I bought the Game of the Year edition for like a 
$2 song or something on a Steam sale. And I remember an hour after installing a bunch of mods and having it crash on me for like the 13th time and not getting good gamepad support, just crying and just uninstalling it, just <laughs> just throwing my hands up. Or just buying it on um, GOG. Right. There's that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's what I should have done. Uh, but... Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, like, just for comparison as to how far behind they are, though, I was putting in 2016, it was 19 million Xboxes compared to 36 million, nearly 36 million PS4s. At this point, Microsoft has stopped talking about unit sales. Many people believe it's 25 to 30 million. And Sony is boasting 76 million units sold. Many think it'll hit 80 million units by the end of the year. But I will tell you a kind of a tangential story as to where Mm -hmm. Microsoft has gone this year. At the start of the year, I did not have an Xbox One. I had a PS4. We're here at the end of the year now. I have since not only bought an Xbox One, I sold my PS4. Now, the reason I did that is because my bandwidth, I just don't have the time to have all three consoles plus my gaming PC. So I Mm -hmm. took a serious look at it. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to sell one, I'm not selling the Switch because I use that too much either on the go or with my youth group. I'm obviously not selling my gaming PC. So it's like it's going to be either the Xbox One or Sony, the PS4. And with backwards compatibility and Game Pass, the Xbox One presented the better deal. Mm. Yeah. Well, and if you that's one other thing I wanted to ask about was um, back compat. So back compat was kind of a big deal uh, this year. It continued and we're continuing to see impressive things like uh Actually, Chase, to borrow your Fallout example, um, Fallout 3 is backward compatibility. It's just plug and play on the Xbox One S. And if you have an X, it goes to 10-bit color and 4K up-resing, up not upscaling. It actually changes the resolution to 4K resolution. Um, that is very impressive. That is a nine-time resolution bump. That is not upscaling. Um and that has continued down to Final Fantasy 13, another game that famously people struggle with on PC to get it to run right. Um, comes That was a pretty borked version on 360 as well. Microsoft updid the textures. It now runs at 4K with new textures. They re-encoded the videos. They still don't look... Uh, quite as good as the PS3 because the PS3 used its own video. Like it was like Blu-ray playback versus the video codec that they have access to um, for that. But like who upscales cutscenes? Like not even upscales. They up-resed cutscenes. Who recodes cutscenes to look better? Like that is something Square would never do unless Microsoft paid them to do or did it themselves. Because they don't even do that on PC. Like I, I played through the Mass Effect trilogy twice on PC and it looks great. Except for the cutscenes are in like 720, like the 360 mm-hmm. versions of the cutscenes, and, and that'll be the case on on 360 as well. But if they ever X enhance those, yeah, it would it would change significantly. Um, I continue to be impressed with back compat and especially X enhanced. It's doing things the PC struggles to do, and in many cases doesn't do, and it does one thing the PC can't do, which is make things plug and play. Mm-hmm. But again, it has the benefit of one hardware. <laughs> so, um, but uh, anyway, 
Uh, all right. Well, if you don't mind, let's uh, let's wrap up. But I do want everyone to give their their two cents on Microsoft. So I've said plenty. So I think mine is is kind of spoken for. And Eric, do you feel like uh, I don't know? You kind of had a pretty good job wrapping up Microsoft. Is there anything more you wanted to say in regards to Microsoft uh, no, as we I, wrap this up for? I think what I kind of presented there right at the end really kind of shows where I stand on them. Yeah. Um. Let's go with uh, let's go with Jam. Jam, you've been a little quiet. Why don't you give us your take on on Microsoft for 2018? Well, I feel like Microsoft. Um, I don't know if we kind of hinted at this earlier. Is they're playing kind of like the long game at the moment, uh, trying to recover from I guess the debacle. What was that E3 all that time ago by telling people to buy a 360 if they had no internet connection or something like that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're doing all the right steps. There's a few smaller things that they did this year that I was kind of impressed by too. Um, I don't know because I, I had to step away a bit earlier, so I don't know if you said this already, mm-hmm. which was the the introduction of the what was it called the enhanced controller for people with disabilities. Mm. Oh, um, yes, we did not talk about so that, and that was a big one. I do think that's a big... I know for, for a lot of people, because I know none of us, as far as I'm aware... None I think of it's us called have, the accessibility yeah, control. That's it, the accessibility yeah. control. I don't, as far as I'm aware, none of us have any disabilities, but I have worked with people that have disabilities and game, and this is a huge deal for people like that. So the fact that Microsoft is kind of leading the charge of this and saying, you know, hey, if you have this problem, here's this con- great controller. Well, this is a pretty decent bit of kit it's expensive but it's really cool actually and it is really useful for people you know, to- <laughs> well it should be noted actually that controller might seem expensive for gamers but for yeah. those who need to buy accessibility accessories it's actually very compatible and very not expensive mm. um yeah the, and they're advertising um, on this is, is access- solid. accessories are very expensive like us mm. like a spoon that is made for someone that can't really hold a spoon very well they're like 20 to 30 dollars each you know what i mean so it's not it's because it started in the medical community which has inflation already as jam and i definitely know um and not the tech community mm. and so it's microsoft playing by different rules which uh benefits people who need this kind of accessibility and so that I think that's a really, it, though a small story in the grand scheme of the gaming media, I, I think it's quite a significant um, thing to praise Microsoft for. And it would be interesting. I don't know if I will see it. We will see it, but um, I doubt Sony's going to be jumping on this because it's Probably Sony. Not. I'd really like to see them add compatibility, I would, though, yeah. because it's the Bluetooth is in there. They're ready to go, mm. and it just. I don't know if PS4 uses Bluetooth or proprietary. It probably uses proprietary. No, wait, we know the DS4 uses Bluetooth. Because you can just... use it on PC. Y- yep. <laughs> so, um, I yeah, it seems foolish not to add this. Um, if you want my opinion, I just don't, I think Sony would just rightfully say, we don't want to dedicate resources and we don't want to let Microsoft into how to engineer it that way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so it is a business thing. And I know that's kind of a cold callous thing for them to do, but at the same time, I can't discredit them too much for it. Um, but it would be nice to see them do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sony doesn't, and we'll talk about that in the Sony episode, but Sony doesn't seem too interested really <laughs> in the opinions of its audience at this time. Nope. That doesn't mean it never has, and it doesn't mean it can't in the future, but right now, Sony went in and it don't really care what you think. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, or at least that's the image they s- tend to present at this time. 
Um, but anyway, but combining that sort of this sort of accessibility <laughs> with things like Game Pass, it's I think you know, moving forward, Xbox is going to look much more appealing. And kind of like you into that earlier, Fred, with families as well as just people like mainstream crowds in general. Like if you can just say, "I'll buy this," I don't know, two hundred pound console, and then buy this uh, subscription, that seems much more appealing to people than going looking at say a different competitor where it says, "I'll spend two hundred or three hundred pounds this console," but then you have to buy more games on top of that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, and it does make me think you hope Sony remembers in their hubris um, the past mm. because the 360 rode the shoulders of the PS2 and then the PS4 is riding the shoulders of the 360. And so gamers have just flat out proven that uh, um, they're, they're not loyal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and nor should they be. Right, you gain nothing from being loyal to um, a a specific company in a competitive market. You just don't. It should not be a business practice, um, and and I don't think any company expects it to be. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think apart apart that's kind of my general take on Xbox this year. I've been quite impressed, really. I mean, though though yeah, they haven't wowed people like with some amazing announcement. It's um, it's kind of like putting in the steps in place, really, just to. Um, well, for the future, I think. They have seven groups of people that seem well-equipped to potentially do that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, Chase, actually, why don't you, uh, why don't you give us your opinion and then, um, and then Andy will bring it home. Yeah, I think what they're doing is good. I mean, it's good for us. I, I still just never really understand how it's really good for them. And maybe that's because they own Windows. They'll be okay. Yeah, like everyone, like Scar would say, yeah, <laughs> you play on PC. Yeah, they still got you because you're using Windows. But <laughs> the um, but yeah, I mean they are playing for us, which is cool. But uh, I mean, I'm still mostly on PS4 and PC, not because I'm like screw xbox but just because it's over no, there and i'm not on it yeah <laughs> and um i mean i bought red dead for the xbox and i haven't played it yet but um well a little bit the uh right. so i'm kind of indifferent like like you guys said like being loyal to a brand is like just shouldn't happen because they're not loyal to you and xbox is seems like they are but it's just not that kind of relationship that we're supposed to have with these companies, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like, like how AZ picked the Xbox over to PS4 was a legitimate, like, these are the reasons, not because he was like, you know, because screw X, screw Sony, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that wasn't the reason. Which, hey, you know, you can have whatever reason you want. But <laughs> <laughs> there was one other reason, but we'll talk about it more on the Sony cl- on the Sony discussion. Right. Yeah. So. But uh, all right. And uh, Andy, now you have the task of not only bringing it home, but you got to come up with something to say that nobody else did. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, de- I definitely have something to say that no one else did. So, um, so for, for me, Xbox is a kind of weird one, right? Because I bought my first Xbox one for when uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider was coming out because it was exclusive there. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to play it when it came out. And I, I, I'm sure a lot of people were, were the same. Um, however, like during it came out what tail end of 2015, so like during 2016, I think I played my Xbox One in total for 50 hours. 
over the entire year. Like, and that's so I for you, that's saying a lot. No, that's nothing, absolutely nothing at all. So, like, that's what I mean. That's yeah. saying, uh, sorry, that that's <laughs> yeah. not a lot of time. That's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. You so, can put in 50 hours in a week if you're determined. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, like, I, I played and beat Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then I played and beat Quantum Break, and there was nothing else really for me at all that entire year. So like I ended up selling my Xbox one at the end of uh, 2016 and didn't have an Xbox one at all until uh, last Christmas when we got another one because we wanted to play uh, Cuphead and like and see mm. and things like that were coming out. So and I wanted to play those when they come out. So got one then and in this year, like even like I, I've put hundreds of hours into the Xbox one this year and I would say that I've got oh, I've got all three of the consoles. So like I've got a PS4, I've got an Xbox One S, and I've got a Switch. And I would say it's probably about equal this year as to what how many hours I've put into each one. So I think that's massive for like Microsoft, where it was before when I had it. It was a console that I would turn on and play an exclusive, and that would be it. But at this point now, and because of the way that the multiplayer gaming stuff is gone this year, and I think Sea of Thieves has really been the kind of turning point with it, where like I got in and started playing multiplayer games with, with Ali, who's my co-host on, uh, on 42, and he got into that mm. at that point, and since then, and he got he picked up an X as well, and since then, he's been predominantly playing all the multiplayer games there, which has pulled me to play the multiplayer games on the Xbox as well when I'm playing a multiplayer game. So, like when Call of Duty Black Ops came out, like he wanted to get that, and and I, I thought I'll grab this, play a weekend with them, um, and then and then sell on. But I've put like fifty hours just into that one game on the Xbox, which I would have never ever thought about for Call of Duty game for one, and secondly for putting that amount of time into like an Xbox One game is into just one game is crazy for me. But but yeah, like I've put a good like day forty hours into Sea of Thieves, and I've put a few hours into like State of Decay, and like played Cuphead, and like basically anything that comes anything that comes out on Xbox, especially Game Pass. Like the value proposition there's just insane. Like the amount of games that I can mm-hmm. get there, where like I might have bought it before, like Hellblade for example. I've had that in my basket about five or six times on PlayStation, and just never quite pulled the trigger. But it's coming to Game Pass. I, I don't need to buy anywhere else now. And same with like things like Ashen and Below and things like that. These are games that I would have probably picked them up on PlayStation, but because they're coming to Game Pass on Xbox, I will play them on Xbox because they're there. They're included as part of my subscription. So like that value proposition is mm-hmm. insane. And uh, I, I think like when when I'm looking at next year games that are coming out, um, it's actually like pulling me towards buying things like. Division Two, or uh, and like I probably won't buy Anthem, but like if I was buying it, I would buy it on the Xbox because that's where um, my multiplayer gaming time is going now, as opposed to where it was mm-hmm. before, or like on PlayStation. Yeah, I'm definitely noticing that with multiplayer, especially as more and more people get Game Pass. Right, mm-hmm. it's real easy for <laughs> you know us to just go, oh hey, you know like Eric, he was just like, hey, you know Vermintide Two's on uh, Xbox and. Uh, it's available right now, and uh, you said you wanted to play that, so why don't you uh, jump in? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, excellent. So I think that wraps up Microsoft, kind of gives us a feel for what this is going to be like and in going into the future. So stay tuned. Um, day two is going to be on, of course, the Nintendo Switch, and then we will... Mm, or maybe I should do day two as Sony. Should I do Sony just for comparison's sake and then wrap with the Switch? Probably. Yeah, would yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll do it that way. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned. 
we will be back on the 27th for the PlayStation episode. So cheers.